Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome. This is Just Human, episode number 245. And special counsel Robert Herr has sent us a Valentine's gift, which is his report on Joe Biden's handling of classified documents at various locations, um, things he shouldn't have had. And this report is uh, pretty interesting. I've read some of it, but definitely not all of it. It is actually longer than the Durham report. And uh, as you guys recall, with the Durham report, we went over it on this show in a series of nine episodes. That's on a playlist on my Rumble channel, if you're interested. And I would like to do the same thing with this. I would like to go through this report and read it page by page and uh, do it as make a, a series of episodes going over it. And I'll give commentary as we go through. And um, yeah, let's just go to the documents and uh, do what we do here, which is dive into source material and draw our own conclusions from it. And I'm sure you guys have seen some of the highlights from it that are making their way around. There's some pretty interesting ones. Yesterday was not a good day for the Biden administration or the Biden campaign. And uh, thanks to this report. So I think there's more, though. Um, the, it just came out. So let's see what we can find in it before we do, before we open it up. And I, and I will say that, you know, there's other stuff going on right now. We're lucky that the D.C. case is kind of out there it's going to be appealed to scotus and it's it's going to kind of be on hold for a while um so we have that we can kind of set aside and the docs case is still active and the seth rich case there's a new filing in that and some other stuff going on and so i may end up doing episodes here and there where we break from our reading and catch up on some of those other um interesting cases but for now we're going to focus on uh this report All right. If you like what I do here, go to my link tree or go to the description of the show and you will find all of my links. You will find all the social links where you can follow me these places. You will find my support links, which you can use to support the show, such as buying me a cup of coffee, going to Benson's Honey Farm. That's an affiliate link. And if you get some delicious honey, which I have plenty in my coffee this morning to protect my throat. Because uh, I'm going to be speaking a lot during this show. And after this episode, me and BB are recording an early episode of Defected. Uh, because I'll be out of town on Sunday. Bootleg products. I actually made chili last night using bootleg chili. It was delicious. And uh, one of my favorite products that they have uh, next to their fajita and taco seasoning, which I use a lot. Because <laughs> I, I make fajitas and tacos a lot here at home. Um and then Manly Cans, Valentine's Day is almost here. Hopefully you have a manly man in your life and he deserves a manly can. Visit, Use my link to go over there and pick out a gift for him. Uh, and then whatever you spend there, they'll kick a few dollars my way. There's merch and there's Venmo. Also, if you're interested in uh, watching the show somewhere, some of you are podcast listeners. Uh, thank you very much. You can listen to a podcast version of my shows via Substack. Uh, it's all free over there, uh, but if you want to if you want to watch the show, then here are the links to where I broadcast it. Okay. The special re special counsel's report from Robert Herr can be found at justice.gov/sco-her h u r. 
Um, let's see, Robert Hur has been around for like a year or two, right? When did he start? I better look that up. Was it, has it been two years? It's only been one year, right? Maybe it's been two. Yeah, it's been one year. There we go. He was appointed a year ago. So it took him just a little over a year to do this report. And you guys know that expectations were low uh, for most people when it came to Robert Hur. But I was actually very optimistic, as is my, my typical disposition about such things. And uh, we'll, uh, so far, I feel, I feel pretty, uh, pretty confident that my optimism was warranted, given the fallout that this has already caused in like just less than 24 hours of the report being published. Thank you for the rants, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, uh, R.L. Skeeter, this report was so bad, so damaging to Biden that he had to do an emergency press conference last night, last night after his, uh, after his bedtime, it was post Biden bedtime and he had to go out and do a, a press conference to try and literally he was doing damage control. It was a damage control emergency press briefing and the the press was not, they were not happy with Biden. They, they were uh, quite upset with him and it was pretty hostile. He didn't, he didn't last long up there. Um, he also didn't sound very good. He sounded very defensive and upset. It was a, it was a bad look. Um, it was a very bad look. Zero o'clock. Thank you. Music and fiction. Thank you. Uh, the they them report. <laughs> um, Bear BL, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. It's my pleasure to do these these filings. So, um, all right, let's go over here, and we are going to going to start this reading. Okay. Get that paused. All right. U.S. Department of Justice Special Counsel's Office. It's like it starts off with a letter here. February 5th, 2024. The Attorney General of the United States re-report of the Special Counsel on the investigation into unauthorized removal, retention, and disclosure of classified documents discovered at locations including the Penn Biden Center and the Delaware private residence of President Joseph R. Biden Jr. Dear Attorney General Garland, in close, please find a, quote, confidential report containing, containing the prosecution or declination decisions I have reached as required by 28 CFR 600.8C. As we previously discussed, at the request of the White House counsel and personal counsel to President Biden, Collectively, these will be referred to as counsel. I agreed with certain conditions, including non-disclosure, to allow counsel to review a draft of the report for purposes of determining whether to assert any claim of privilege and otherwise providing comments to the special counsel's office. Counsel reviewed a draft of the report on February 3rd and 4th of 2024. Earlier today, counsel submitted to my office the enclosed letter. After reviewing their letter, my team and I corrected the following minor errors. 
First, the draft report stated that we reviewed the materials that were deemed to be classified at the top secret sensitive compartmented information level when the National Security Council conducted pre-publication review for the Reagan Diaries. That's draft report in 811. We have amended that sentence by adding some of after the word reviewed. Okay. In chapter 12, the report cited chapter 4 in a footnote. Draft report in 892. We have amended that footnote to read NARA archivist and then a series of numbers. The draft report included a section heading that read, quote, marked classified document in second floor office. We have amended that heading to read marked classified document in third level den. Okay. Definitely minor errors. All right. My team and I also corrected several typographical errors that we identified on our own and we removed a watermark and headers that designated the document as a confidential draft. After reviewing the draft report, the relevant intelligent agencies have identified no content that is classified or otherwise unfit for public disclosure. The White House counsel has not conveyed to me that the president's decision as to assertions of executive privilege. I understand that the White House counsel will convey such decisions to you directly. Thank you for allowing the special counsel's office to conduct our investigation independently and for supporting us with the necessary resources. I am extraordinarily grateful for the thorough, careful, and diligent work of the Department of Justice employees who worked on this matter. I am deeply honored to have served with them. Respectfully, Robert K. Herr, Special Counsel. So that was the letter. And here's the report. Report on the investigation into unauthorized removal, retention, and disclosure of classified documents discovered at locations including the Penn Biden Center and the Delaware Private Residence of President Joseph R. Biden Jr. What a sexy title. Special Counsel Robert K. Herr submitted pursuant to 28 CFR 600.8C, Washington, D.C., February 2024. Executive Summary we conclude that no criminal charges are warranted in this matter. Footnote. We submit this report to the Attorney General pursuant to 28 CFR 600.8C, which states that, quote, at the conclusion of the special counsel's work, he or she shall provide the Attorney General a confidential report explaining the prosecution or declination decisions reached by the special counsel. We found, back to the report, we we would reach we sorry we would reach the same conclusions even if department of justice policy did not foreclose criminal charges against a sitting president but note 2 a sitting president's amenability to indictment and criminal prosecution as you guys probably know it is long standing justice department policy that they do not bring charges against a sitting president that president must leave office or be impeached first before charges will be brought our investigation uncovered evidence that President Biden willfully retained, that is key, and disclosed classified materials after his vice presidency when he was a private citizen. These materials included one, marked classified documents about military and foreign policy in Afghanistan, and two, notebooks containing Mr. Biden's handwritten entries about issues of national security and foreign policy implicating sensitive intelligence sources and methods. FBI agents recovered these materials from the garage 
offices and basement den in Mr. Biden's Wilmington, Delaware home. However, for the reasons summarized below, we conclude that the evidence does not establish Mr. Biden's guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. Prosecution of Mr. Biden is also unwarranted based on our consideration of the aggravating and mitigating factors set forth in the Department of Justice's Principles of Federal Prosecution. For these reasons, we decline prosecution of Mr. Biden. This is so helpful to Trump. I hope everybody realizes that. This is so incredibly helpful to Trump. Which is be Sorry to give so much commentary already, but this it shows the contrast between the investigations of Biden and Trump for the same crimes, alleged crimes. It damages Biden and says, yeah, he's totally guilty of all this stuff and he totally messed up, but we're not going to charge him. While another special counsel is bringing charges against Trump for the same thing. And then it gives all these reasons why Biden shouldn't be charged. At the same time, other people are using this, giving reasons why Trump should be. And then it does all this damage to Biden. It makes him look horrible so bad he had to go out and do an emergency press conference while making Trump look like he's doing what every vice president and president would do, which is keep his own records at home for the purpose of his library and writing books and other things like that, memoirs, whatever. If, if, if Robert Hur had come out and, in, and brought charges against, against Biden for the same thing, the same alleged crime that Trump is being charged for, it would actually have helped Trump's, it would actually have helped Jack Smith's case. Right? Think about it. It would actually be bad if Robert K. Hur had brought charges. It would actually substantiate Jack Smith's charges against Trump and his doc's case. Everybody gets so obsessed with wanting to get Biden. They don't think about how the justifications for getting Biden on these things would be the same justi justifications for getting Trump. And we wouldn't want that. So this is like the perfect, perfect way to do maximum damage to Biden and also give the maximum assist to Trump. It's beautiful. All right, anyway. The classified documents and other materials recovered in this case spanned Mr. Biden's career in national public life. During that career, Mr. Biden has long seen himself as a historic figure. Elected to the Senate at age 29, he considered running for president as early as 1980 and did so in 1988, 2008, and 2020. He believed his record during decades in the Senate made him worthy of the presidency, and he collected papers and artifacts related to significant issues and events in his career. He used these materials to write memoirs published in 2007 and 2017 to document his legacy and to cite as evidence that he was a man of presidential timber. In 2009, then-Vice President Biden strongly opposed the military's plans to send more troops to Afghanistan. U.S. policy in Afghanistan was deeply important to Mr. Biden, and he labored to dissuade President Obama from escalating America's involvement there 
and repeating what Mr. Biden believed was a mistake akin to Vietnam. Despite Mr. Biden's advice, President Biden ordered a surge of additional, I mean, President Obama ordered a surge of additional U.S. troops. And Mr. Biden's views endured sharp, sharp criticism from others within and outside of the administration. But he always believed history would prove him right. I think it did. I think it did. He retained materials documenting his opposition to the troop surge, including a classified handwritten memo he sent President Obama over the 2009 Thanksgiving holiday and related marked classified documents. FBI agents recovered these materials from Mr. Biden's Delaware garage and home office in December 2022 and January 2023. Also, during his eight years as vice president, Mr. Biden regularly wrote notes by hand in notebooks. Some of these notes related to classified subjects, including the president's daily brief and National Security Council meetings, and some of the notes are themselves classified. After the vice presidency, Mr. Biden kept these classified notebooks in unsecured and unauthorized spaces at his Virginia and Delaware homes and used some of the notebooks as reference material for his second memoir, Promise Me, Dad, which was published in 2017. To our knowledge, no one has identified any classified information published in Promise Me, Dad, but Mr. Biden shared information, including some classified information, from those notebooks with his ghostwriter. FBI agents recovered the notebooks from the office and basement den in Mr. Biden's Delaware home in January 2023. So the special counsel has determined that even though no classified information was published in Biden's memoir, Promise Me, Dad, Biden did share classified information with his ghostwriter. A person who would presumably be unauthorized to be made aware of that classified information. Another crime. Marked classified documents about Afghanistan. These documents from fall 2009 have classification markings up to the top secret and sensitive compartmented information level. They were found in a box in Mr. Biden's Delaware garage that contained other materials of great personal significance to him and that he appears to have personally used and accessed. The marked classified documents were found along with drafts of the handwritten 2009 Thanksgiving memo Mr. Biden sent President Obama in a last-ditch effort to persuade him not to send additional troops to Afghanistan. These materials were proof of the stand Mr. Biden took in what he regarded as among the most important decisions of his vice presidency. I think that's understandable. Mr. Biden wrote his 2007 and 2017 memoirs with the help of a ghostwriter. In a recorded conversation with his ghostwriter in 2017, February 2017, about a month after he left office, Mr. Biden said while referencing his 2009 Thanksgiving memo that he had, quote, just found all the classified stuff downstairs. Um, guys, special counsel, her has a recording of Biden admitting that he had classified information, classified materials in his basement. 
And then he also has on that recording Biden telling that to his ghostwriter. Are you guys ready for the Oversight and Judiciary Committees to subpoena that recording from Special Counsel Her and play it for the world? <laughs> We're on page three, and this is fun. At the time, he was renting a home in Virginia where he met his ghostwriter to work on his second memoir. Downstairs from there... Where they met was Mr. Biden's office, where he stored his papers. He moved out of the Virginia home in 2019, consolidating his belongings in Delaware, where FBI agents later found marked classified documents about the Afghanistan troop surge in his garage. Oh, Evidence supports the inference that when Mr. Biden said in 2017, that he had just found all the classified stuff downstairs in Virginia. He was referring to the same marked classified documents about Afghanistan that FBI agents found in 2022 in his Delaware garage. Nevertheless, we do not believe this evidence is sufficient as jurors would likely find reasonable doubt for one or more of several reasons. Both when we served, both when he served as vice president and when the Afghanistan documents were found in Mr. Biden's Delaware garage in 2022, his possession of them in his Delaware home was not a basis for prosecution because as vice president and president, he had authority to keep classified documents in his home. Boom. Oh man, that helps Trump. Yeah, I, we, are, we are going to see, we are going to see this line in a Trump filing in the Florida docs case. You're going to see the media parrot this and excuse Biden and then out of the other side of their mouth say that Trump doesn't have that privilege. He doesn't have that authority. Also, this makes sense because of Biden, if it's uh, notes Biden took, Biden is the original classification authority. Whether vice president or president, he's the original classification authority, just like Trump is the original classification authority for notes he kept. The best case for charges would rely on Mr. Biden's possession of Afghanistan documents in his Virginia home in February 2017, when he was a private citizen, and when he told his ghostwriter he had just found the classified material. Several defenses are likely to create reasonable doubt as to such charges. For example, Mr. Biden could have found the classified Afghanistan documents at his Virginia home in 2017 and then forgotten about them soon after. This could convince some reasonable jurors that he did not retain them willfully. When Mr. Biden told his ghostwriter about finding all of the classified stuff downstairs, end quote, his tone was matter of fact. Dude, see, this tells you that this, this recording exists. And Robert K. Hur has listened to it. He's commenting on how Biden sounds in the recording. For a person who had viewed classified documents nearly every day for eight years as vice president, including regularly in his home, finding classified documents at home less than a month after leaving office could have been an unremarkable and forgettable event. That's fair enough. Kind of like with Vice President Pence, right? 
Notably, the classified Afghanistan documents did not come up again in Mr. Biden's dozens of hours of recorded conversations with the ghostwriter or in his book. And the place where the Afghanistan documents were eventually found in Mr. Biden's Delaware garage in a badly damaged box surrounded by household detritus suggests that the documents might have been forgotten. In addition, Mr. Biden's memory was significantly limited, both during his recorded interviews with the ghostwriter in 2017 and in his interview with our office in 2023. And his cooperation with our investigation, including by reporting to the government that the Afghanistan documents were in his Delaware garage, will likely convince some jurors that he made an innocent mistake rather than acting willfully, that is, with intent to break the law, as the statute requires. Yeah, Irish Irish germ, this is this is absolutely ruining Jack Smith's case against Trump. Another viable defense is that Mr. Biden might not have retained the classified Afghanistan documents in his Virginia home at all. They could have been stored by mistake and without his knowledge at his Delaware home since the time he was vice president, as were other classified documents recovered during our investigation. This would rebut charges that he willfully retained the documents in Virginia. That's another defense for Trump. Trump's not walking around carrying his classified documents around Mar-a-Lago. Given Mr. Biden's, and neither was Biden at his residence, given Mr. Biden's limited precision and recall, ouch, ouch, Given Mr. Biden's limited precision and recall during his interviews with his ghostwriter and with our office, jurors may hesitate to place too much evidentiary weight on a single eight-word utterance to his ghostwriter about finding classified documents in Virginia in the absence of other more direct evidence. We searched for such additional evidence and found it wanting. In particular, no witness photo, email, text message, or any other evidence conclusively places the Afghanistan documents at the Virginia home in 2017. Uh, so that makes perfect sense. That's why, that's why uh, Robert K. Hur is saying I can't bring charges for this, this issue right here because the only evidence I have that these documents were ever in Virginia is from that recording where, where he alludes to classified stuff downstairs. And that's not going to be enough to convict him. In addition to this shortage of evidence, there are other innocent explanations for the documents that we cannot refute. When Mr. Biden told his ghostwriter he, quote, just found all the classified stuff downstairs, he could have been referring to something other than the Afghanistan documents. And our report discusses these possibilities in detail. Right, it's nonspecific. We have also considered that at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during the interview, our interview of him, as a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. Oh. He was also running for a second term. <laughs> Based on our direct interactions with and observations of him, he is someone for whom many jurors will want to identify reasonable doubt. It would be difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him 
by then a former president well into his 80s. That's because the DOJ couldn't bring charges against him until after Biden was out of office. It would be difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him by then a former president well into his 80s of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness. We conclude the evidence is not sufficient to convict, and we decline to recommend prosecution of Mr. Biden for his retention of classified Afghanistan documents. Okay, this right here, this section we just read, did so much damage to Biden while also helping Trump as much as possible. <laughs> I feel like giving Robert K. Hur a slow clap. That was brilliant. That was, guys, that is brilliant. That is so, that's so good. Next section, notebooks containing classified information. FBI agents recovered from unlocked drawers in the office and basement den of Mr. Biden's Delaware home, a set of notebooks he used as vice president. Evidence shows that he knew the notebooks contained classified information. Mr. Biden wrote down obviously sensitive information discussed during intelligence briefings with President Obama and meetings in the White House Situation Room about matters of national security and military and foreign policy. And while reading his notebook entries aloud during meetings with his ghostwriter, Mr. Biden sometimes skipped over presumptively classified material and warned his ghostwriter that entries might be classified. But at least three times, Mr. Biden read from classified entries aloud to his ghostwriter nearly verbatim. Okay. In order for um, the special counsel to determine that, guys, what does that mean? That means that Robert Kaher has the notes and Robert Kaher has the recording of Biden reading those notes aloud to the ghostwriter. Something else that the judiciary can, uh, and House Republicans, investigators with impeachment can subpoena from the special counsel. Some evidence also suggests Mr. Biden knew he could not keep classified handwritten notes at home after leaving office. Mr. Biden, who had decades of experience with classified information, was deeply familiar with the measures taken to safeguard classified information and the need for those measures, measures to prevent harm to national security. Asked about reports that former President Trump had kept classified documents at his home, Mr. Biden wondered how, quote, anyone could be that irresponsible and voiced concern about, quote, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods. While vice president, he kept his notebooks in a White House safe for a time, in contrast with his decision after leaving office to keep them at home in unlocked drawers. Ooh. When Mr. Biden left office, he also knew his staff decided to store note cards containing his classified notes in a secure compartmented information facility, a SCIF, at the National Archives and he knew his notebooks contained the same type of classified information. As he told his ghostwriter during the recorded interview, the same staff who arranged to secure his classified note cards, quote, didn't even know he had retained possessions, possession of his classified notebooks. 
Twice in 2017, Mr. Biden visited the National Archives skiff to review his classified note cards while writing his book. Yet he kept his notebooks, which also contained classified information, in unlocked drawers at home. He had strong motivations to do so and to ignore the rules for properly handing, handling the classified information in his notebooks. He consulted the notebooks liberally during hours of discussions with his ghostwriter and viewed them as highly private and valued possessions with which he was unwilling to part. We do not, however, believe this evidence would meet the government's burden at trial, particularly the requirement to prove that Mr. Biden intended to do something the law forbids. Consistent with statements Mr. Biden made during our interview of him and arguments made by the White House counsel and Mr. Biden's personal counsel, we expect Mr. Biden's defense at trial would be that he thought his notebooks were personal property. Just like Trump. And he was allowed to take them home, even if they contained classified information. This is just like Trump. During our interview of him, Mr. Biden was emphatic, declaring that his notebooks are, quote, my property, and that, quote, every president before me has done the exact same thing. That is, kept handwritten classified materials after leaving office. He also cited the diaries that President Reagan kept in his private home after leaving office, knowing that they included classified information. Contemporaneous evidence suggests that when Mr. Biden left office in 2017, he believed he was allowed to keep the notebooks in his home. In a recorded conversation with his ghostwriter in April 2017, Mr. Biden explained that, despite his staff's views to the contrary, he did not think he was required to turn in his note cards to the National Archives. Oh, kind of like, like Trump's not required. Kind of like Trump doesn't think he's required to uh, turn over all of his personal records to the National Archives, right? Where they were stored in a skiff, and he had not wanted to do so. At trial, he would argue plausibly that he thought the same about his notebooks. Just like, just like Trump thinks the same about the map of the hurricane that he <laughs> drew on with a Sharpie. <laughs> Guys, it doesn't matter that he wasn't president. The same, the same privileges extend to the vice president. It doesn't matter. Get that out of your head. It doesn't matter. He's the original class. He's the original classification authority for his notes. It's the same. It's the same thing. If this is what Mr. Biden thought, we believe he was mistaken about what the law permits. But this view finds some support in historical practice. The clearest example is President Reagan, who left the White House in 1989 with eight years' worth of handwritten diaries, which he appears to have kept at his California home, even though they contained top-secret information. During criminal litigation involving a former Reagan administration official in 1989 and 1990, the Department of Justice stated in public court filings that the, quote, current, currently classified diaries were Mr. Reagan's personal records. Yet we know of no steps the department or other agencies took to investigate Mr. Reagan for mishandling classified information 
or to retrieve or secure his diaries. Most jurors would likely find evidence of this precedent and Mr. Biden's claimed reliance on it, which we expect would be admitted at trial, to be compelling evidence that Mr. Biden did not act willfully, which is what's required to bring that charge. As with the marked classified documents, because the evidence is not sufficient to convict Mr. Biden for willfully retaining the notebooks, we decline prosecution. We also considered whether Mr. Biden willfully disclosed national defense information to his ghostwriter by reading aloud certain classified notebook passages to the ghostwriter, nearly verbatim, on at least three occasions. Mr. Biden should have known that by reading his unfiltered notes about classified meetings in the Situation Room, he risked sharing classified information with his ghostwriter. But the evidence does not show then when Mr. Biden shared the specific passages with his ghostwriter, Mr. Biden knew the passages were classified and intended to share classified information. Mr. Biden's lapses in attention and vigilance demonstrate why former officials should not keep classified materials unsecured at home and read them aloud to others. But jurors could well conclude that Mr. Biden's actions were unintentional. We therefore decline to charge Mr. Biden for disclosure of these passages to his ghostwriter. This is, this is so good. Trump is going to, his lawyers are giddy. Absolutely giddy. Okay, principles of federal prosecution. We have also evaluated, quote, all relevant considerations in aggravation and mitigation, as outlined in the Justice Manual, and determined that on balance, these factors do not support prosecution of Mr. Biden. Footnote number three. Oh, it's the Justice Department Manual. Historically, after leaving office, many former presidents and vice presidents have knowingly taken sensitive materials related to national security from their administrations without being charged with crimes. This historical record is important context for judging whether and why to charge a former vice president and former president, as Mr. Biden would be when susceptible to prosecution, for similar actions taken by several of his predecessors. With one exception, there is no record of the Justice Department or Department of Justice prosecuting a former president or vice president for mishandling classified documents from his own administration. The exception is former President Trump. It is not our role to assess the criminal charges pending against Mr. Trump, but several material distinctions between Mr. Trump's case and Mr. Biden's case are clear. Unlike the evidence involving Mr. Biden, the allegations set forth in the indictment of Mr. Trump, if proven, would present serious aggravating facts. Most notably, after being given multiple chances to return classified documents and avoid prosecution, Mr. Trump allegedly did the opposite. Again, again, allegedly. According to the indictment, he not only refused to return the documents for many months, but he also obstructed justice by enlisting others to destroy evidence and then lie about it. In contrast, 
Mr. Biden turned in classified documents to the National Archives and the Department of Justice, consented to the search of multiple locations, including his homes, set for a voluntary interview, and in other ways cooperated with the investigation. In In reaching our decision, we did not consider every circumstance in which criminal charges against a former president or vice president for mishandling classified information may be warranted. Ooh. We did not consider every circumstance in which it may be warranted. But on the facts of this case, the fundamental interests of society do not require criminal charges against Mr. Biden. For this additional reason, applying the principles of federal prosecution set forth in the Justice Manual, we decline prosecution. All right. Pay attention there. Robert Hur, his only thing he's doing is quoting the allegations against Trump, but he's not, he's not, he's not, a, he says right here, it's not our role to assess those charges that are pending. He just, all he did was quote the allegations. And then he shows, and then he gives a reason about how we don't need to charge. Uh, Biden. But um, good morning, Karma Patriot. Karma Patriot just nailed it with that comment, evidence versus allegations. Um, Robert K. Hur says these are the allegations against Trump, but he's saying, here's the evidence against Biden. This whole thing is, I have evidence. We found evidence. The evidence shows. This is a determination against Biden. And then a decision not to bring charges. The practices of retaining classified material in unsecured locations and reading classified material to one's ghostwriter present serious risk to national security given the vulnerability of extraordinarily sensitive information to loss or compromise to America's adversaries. The department routinely highlights such risk when pursuing classified mishandling prosecutions. But addressing those risks through criminal charges, the only means available to this office, is not the proper remedy here. So what is the proper remedy, guys? I would say the proper remedy is impeachment. Possibly. It's possibly impeachment, right? There we go. I need to move this over to the side. The impeachment inquiry is they just got given a massive gift. And so the Trump campaign, of course, as I said. All right. And the Trump Trump defense team. Other classified materials. Next section. For other recovered classified documents, after a thorough investigation, the decision to decline criminal charges was straightforward. The FBI recovered additional marked classified documents at the Penn Biden Center, elsewhere in Mr. Biden's Delaware home, in collections of his Senate papers at the University of Delaware. Uh Uh-oh. But the evidence suggests that Mr. Biden did not willfully retain these documents 
and that they could plausibly have been brought to these locations by mistake. Mm. We also investigated whether persons other than Mr. Biden knowingly mishandled these classified documents, and our investigation showed that they did not. In reaching these conclusions, we note the numerous previous instances in which marked classified documents have been discovered intermixed with personal papers of former executive branch officials and members of Congress. Mr. Biden's ghostwriter and destruction of evidence. After learning of the special counsel's appointment in this matter, Mr. Biden's ghostwriter deleted audio recordings he had created of his discussions with Mr. Biden during the writing of Mr. Biden's 2017 memoir. The recordings had significant evidentiary value. Ooh. After telling the special counsel's office what he had done, so the ghostwriter admitted it, the ghostwriter turned over his computer and external hard drive and consented to their search. Based on the FBI's analysis, it appeared the FBI recovered all deleted audio files relating to the memoir. Nothing is ever truly deleted. Though portions of a few of the files appear to be missing, which is possible when forensic tools are used to recover deleted files, the ghostwriter kept and did not delete or attempt to delete his near-verbatim transcript of the recordings and produced those transcripts to us, including for each of the incomplete recovered files. We, consider, we considered whether to charge the ghostwriter with obstruction of justice, but we believe the evidence would be insufficient to obtain a conviction and therefore declined to prosecute him. So basically they're saying, look, the guy did a panic delete of recordings, but then he consented to the search. He turned over his computer. We were able to cover, recover the recordings. He also gave us the transcript, which he didn't try to delete. So it's a wash basically. Yeah. He, he deleted stuff. He committed a crime by doing that, but then, he also turned over that same evidence and we were able to recover it. So yeah. While the ghostwriter admitted that he deleted the recordings after he learned of the special counsel's investigation, the evidence falls short of proving beyond a reasonable doubt that he intended to impede the investigation, which is the intent required by law. In his interviews, the ghostwriter offered plausible, innocent reasons for why he deleted the recordings. He also preserved his transcripts that contained some of the same information and the most cr incriminating information against Mr. Biden, including his statement about finding all of the classified stuff downstairs in 2017, which is inconsistent with an intent to impede an investigation by just see that would be his defense guys. If they did, if they did impede, if they did indict the ghostwriter for deleting those recordings, his defense team would say, well, if he was trying to if he was trying to cover up some sort of criminality, why did he keep the transcripts and then give them to you? If he was trying if he was trying to obstruct the investigation or cover up a crime, why didn't he throw the transcripts in the fireplace? 
and also delete the recordings from his computer. The plausible reason for him deleting, you mean, like, yeah, it, it would, that makes sense to me. And the ghostwriter voluntarily produced to investigators his notes and the devices from which the recordings were recovered. For these reasons, we believe that the admissible evidence would not suffice to obtain a conviction of the ghostwriter for obstruction of justice. On balance, relevant aggravating and mitigating factors also do not support his prosecution. Interesting. Relevant aggravating and mitigating factors. But he doesn't tell us what those are. That could be true, Kelly. The ghostwriter thought the DOJ would not do a real investigation. And he was wrong. Okay. Chapter one, legal framework governing classified information. The constitution vests the president with authority to classify and control access to information bearing on national security. But note five, department of the Navy versus Egan, 1988. By executive order, presidents since Franklin Roosevelt have prescribed a system for classifying and safeguarding national security information. In 1994, Congress directed the president to establish by executive order or regulation uniform procedures governing access to classified information across the executive branch. President Obama issued the current order when Mr. Biden was vice president. That, uh... Yeah, 13526, EO 13526. Among other things, the order sets forth rules that determine whether a person may access classified information and how that information must be handled. The 1994 statute, and by implication the current executive order governing classified information, do not apply to a sitting president or vice president, members of Congress, justices of the Supreme Court, and federal judges. There is, however, no statutory exception for a former president or vice president, and the restrictions on access to classified information in the executive order and the rules prescribed under its authority appear to apply to such former officials. The order defines classified information to include A. Military plans, weapon systems, or operations. B, foreign government information. C, intelligence activities, including covert actions and intelligence sources, methods, or cryptology. Information is classified only if, quote, its unauthorized disclosure could reasonably be expected to cause identifiable or describable damage to the national security. Information is classified as confidential if its unauthorized disclosure could reasonably be expected to cause damage to the national security. It is classified as secret if its unauthorized disclosure reasonably could be expected to cause serious damage to national security. And it is classified top secret if its unauthorized disclosure reasonably could be expected to cause exceptionally grave damage to national security. The order also sets forth conditions that any person, other than the current office holders listed above, must meet to access classified information. To receive such access, a person is required to, one, have a favorable determination of eligibility, generally after completion of a background investigation. 
two, sign an approved non-disclosure agreement, and three, have a need to know the information. For former presidents and vice presidents, the order expressly allows for the need to know requirement, but not the others listed above, to be waived by an agency. A former official may obtain such a waiver only if a senior official of the agency that originated the classified information determines in writing that access is consistent with the interest of the national security, takes appropriate steps to protect the classified information from unauthorized disclosure or compromise, and ensures that the information is safeguarded in a manner consistent with the executive order. In addition to establishing rules that govern access to classified information, the order also requires agency heads to establish controls over how it must be stored. Among other things, top secret and secret information must be kept in a storage container approved by the General Services Administration or an approved and locked storage area. Information that is even more sensitive, called sensitive compartmented information and sometimes referred to as a code-worded information, must be stored in an accredited sensitive compartmented information facility or SCIF. Footnote, Office of the Director of National Intelligence, Intelligence Community Directive, 705. Sensitive compartment information is a subset of classified information concerning or derived from intelligence sources, methods, or analytical processes that is required to be protected within formal access control systems established by the Director of National Intelligence. The restrictions described above apply to classified information in any documentary form, whether it is printed, typed, or handwritten. Okay, that was all chapter one. I enjoyed that. Robert K. Herr. And of course, chapter one is all that people are going to read. Most people, if they're going to read this document, you know, they'll read like the executive summary and that'll be it. And the executive summary is highly damaging to Biden. Oh, man. It's chapter two, overview of the investigation. You think Robert Herr has a different style than Durham. This is, our, this is a very different report than what Durham produced. Just the feel of it is way different. It's like a white paper in a way. I don't know. Maybe that's not the right thing, but I. It's a, it's a, it's different. Um. I'm like, and I'm seeing that it's like, uh, it's got. It's like triple spaced or double spaced, so even though it's 388 pages, I don't think it's near as many words as what Durham's is. Anyway. All right, chapter two, overview of the investigation. One, discovery of classified documents. A, personal counsel to Mr. Biden discovered classified uh, documents at the Penn Biden Center. On November 2nd, 2022, Patrick Moore, one of Mr. Biden's personal counsel, reviewed boxes of material belonging to Mr. Biden, which were stored at the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement in Washington, D.C., an office space formerly used by Mr. Biden. During this review, Moore found documents with classification markings dating to Mr. Biden's vice president, presidency. 
more notified Robert Bauer, another personal counsel to Mr. Biden, who then notified the White House counsel. That evening, the White House counsel's office informed the general counsel for the National Archives and Records Administration. Footnote. NARA general counsel, November 10th, 2022. FBI serial numbers, blah, 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 blah. An FBI serial entry refers to a numbered entry in the FBI's case file, which may have evidentiary value. Okay. The next morning, November 3rd, 2022, the National Archives sent two archivists to retrieve the documents and the three boxes in which they were found. Upon reviewing the documents in a skiff, the National Archives found nine documents totaling 44 pages with classification markings. The documents were classified up to the top secret level and included codes indicating some of this information was sensitive compartmented information. The classified, um, the classified documents were located in two of the three boxes. All three boxes contained records dating from Mr. Biden's time as vice president. The day after the National Archives retrieved the classified documents on November 4th, 2022, the archives notified officials in the National Security Division of the Department of Justice and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence of the discovery of classified records related to President Biden's time as vice president. A few days later, on November 9th, the FBI opened an initial assessment to begin investigating the matter. When was, uh, what was the date Jack Smith was appointed? It was November 20-something, wasn't it? Wasn't it? November 18th. So this is all happening right before Smith is appointed. November 8th was the midterm elections, right? And then November like 15th, Trump declares he's running for president again. Uh, six months earlier than anybody ever has before, I think it was. And then a couple days later, Garland appoints Jack Smith as special counsel. And appoints, then a month later in January, appoints her, just like I said he would do. All right, a few days later, on November 9th, the FBI opened an initial assessment. The following day, November 10th, the chief of DOJ's counterintelligence and export control section, that would be Jay Bratt, I believe, sent Bauer a letter describing the steps that Bauer and others acting on the president's behalf should take. The chief informed Bauer that, quote, the prospect that classified material may have been stored in an unsecure location over a prolonged period may have national security implications. He also told Bauer that, pending further action by DOJ, the Penn Biden Center and Mr. Biden's post-vice presidential office should secure rooms and locations that contain any additional potential government records and materials from Mr. Biden's time as vice president. Two. Preserve the status quo as to the locations of such materials and refrain from reviewing them. Three, preserve all video footage, visitor logs, and other access records from the Penn Biden Center. Four, provide a list of all locations where materials from Mr. Biden's time as vice president have been stored. And five, give express consent for FBI and Department of Justice personnel 
to review the records retrieved by the National Archives. Bauer responded the next day, stating that President Biden had no objection to the requested steps and would cooperate fully with the department and, as directed by the department, with the archives. Bauer stated, quote, We do not know of any rooms or locations that contain additional potential government records and materials from President Biden's time as vice president, but will immediately acknowledge and act as directed in the event we learn of any, as we did here. On November 14, 2022, the Attorney General assigned John Lausch, then the U.S. Attorney for the Northern District of Illinois, to lead the initial investigation and assess whether the Attorney General should appoint a special counsel to investigate the matter. Among other steps, investigators interviewed witnesses, reviewed the recovered documents, obtained security video footage from the Pinbine Center, and conducted a consensual search of the Pinbine Center to ensure there were no other classified materials there. B. Personal counsel discovered marked classified documents relating to Afghanistan and in Mr. Biden's Delaware garage. On December 20th, 2022, nearly seven weeks after the initial discovery of classified documents at the Penn Biden Center, Bauer and Moore traveled to Mr. Biden's personal residence in Wilmington to search the garage for classified documents or other Obama-era presidential records. They later explained that through discussions with current and former Biden staffers, they came to believe that documents from Mr. Biden's time as vice president may have been moved into the garage. We considered the possibility that Mr. Biden alerted his counsel that classified documents were in the garage, but our investigation revealed no evidence of such a discussion because, if it happened, it would be protected by the attorney-client privilege. Bauer searched a closet in the garage and found documents with classification markings inside a binder. After Bauer made this discovery, Moore found documents with classification markings in an unsealed box in another area of the garage, including documents from 2009 relating to the U.S. policy in Afghanistan. After finding these marked classified documents in two locations in the garage, Bauer and Moore stopped their search. Later that same day, Bauer notified Lausch of the discoveries in Mr. Biden's garage. On Mr. Biden's behalf, Bauer provided consent for FBI agents to search the garage and seize classified or other government records from the time of the Obama administration. The FBI dispatched two agents to retrieve the boxes in the garage. The following day, the agents met Moore at the garage expecting he would point them to all of the boxes potentially containing classified material. Upon learning, however, that counsel had not searched the entire garage, the agents conducted a limited search of the garage intended to determine whether it contained other classified documents. The agents seized the containers Mr. Biden's counsel had identified and several other containers, documents, and materials. The two agents lacked sufficient resources to conduct a comprehensive search of the entire garage, given the volume of material stored there. Accordingly, Lausch emailed Bauer and asked that he ensure, quote, that the garage remains secure, access to it is strictly limited, and no items are to be removed from that location until a further review of the remaining materials occurs. Lausch also wrote that they needed to continue our conversations with the department receiving appropriate assurances 
that no records from President Biden's prior term as vice president remain at any unauthorized location, including within the Wilmington residence or any other residence, storage facility, or space. C. Personal counsel discovered more classified documents in Mr. Biden's basement den. After the holidays, Bauer and Jennifer Miller, another personal counsel for Mr. Biden, continued their efforts to determine whether there were any other classified records in Mr. Biden's Delaware home. On the evening of January 11th, 2023, counsel traveled to the house to search areas other than the garage. Bauer and Miller remained together during the search. They first searched Mr. Biden's primary office, sometimes called the library, on the main floor of the house. I wish I had a library in my house. They identified no documents with classification markings there. They moved on to the to the den in the basement. There in a wooden two-drawer file cabinet, counsel found a document with classification markings from the Obama administration in a notebook labeled January 6th, 2012, number two, foreign policy. Bauer and Miller stopped their detailed search at this point and performed a cursory visual inspection of the rest of the house after that. The next day, January 12, 2023, Bauer informed Lausch of the discovery in the basement den. The FBI sent agents to the house that evening to recover the classified material. Bauer informed Lausch that at that time, Bauer did not have Mr. Biden's consent for the FBI search and uh, for the FBI to search and seize his notebook that contained the marked classified document. Thus, on Bauer's instructions, Richard Sauber of the White House Counsel's Office met agents at the house and escorted them to the marked classified material found in the notebook in the basement cabinet. This is reminding me of the FBI going down to Mar-a-Lago and meeting with Trump and Trump's lawyers and them um, having a look around and talking about ways to secure Mar-a-Lago and the lock and what giving them 15 boxes and or giving NARA 15 boxes and all this stuff. It's another, another mirror. My dogs are having a really good time upstairs. I don't know if y'all can hear that, but if you can, that's what it is. All right. Agents observed Sauber picking, picked up the notebook. Agents observed Sauber pick up the notebook and leaf through it. Sauber and the agents eventually found two documents with classification markings. One, a three-page PowerPoint presentation marked as secret, no foreign, pre-decisional. Uh, wow. No foreign means no foreign like you don't show it to foreigners. Um, dated May 22nd, 2013, relating to Afghanistan. And two, a three-page memorandum labeled Top Secret Secure Compartmented Information, TSSCI. Dated November 1st, 2013, relating to Iraq. The agents seized the documents with classification markings and secured the January 6, 2012, number two foreign policy notebook in a locking classified document courier bag. After discussions with Lausch, Sauber provided the 1612 number two foreign policy notebook to FBI agents two days later. 
The notebook, like other notebooks described below, contained Mr. Biden's handwritten notes as vice president relating to foreign policy and national security. Cinco, Cinco in chat says dog comms. <laughs> Yeah, my dogs are sending comms that say, take me outside and let me run around and be stupid. That's what they, that's what they want. <laughs> All right. The attorney general appointed a special counsel to investigate. On January 12th, 2023, the same day FBI agents retrieved mar marked classified documents from the basement cabinet, the attorney general appointed Robert Hurt as special counsel to investigate the matter. The attorney general's order authorized her to conduct the investigation initially led by Lausch, quote, including possible unauthorized removal and retention of classified documents or other records discovered at the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement and the Wilmington, Delaware private residence of President Joseph R. Biden Jr., as well as any matters that arose from the initial investigation or may arise directly from the special counsel's investigation or that are within the scope of 28 CFR 600.4A. FBI agents discovered more marked classified documents and handwritten classified notes in various parts of Mr. Biden's home. After the discovery of the classified documents in Mr. Biden's basement, Mr. Biden consented to a search of the entirety of the Delaware home by the FBI for relevant materials, including documents with classification markings and other potentially classified information. FBI agents searched the home on February, January 20th, 2023. Agents searched all areas of the house, including the garage, which agents had partially searched on December 21st, 2022. The house has a lower level basement, a first level main floor, a second level with a primary bedroom and a third level top floor, with additional rooms and attic storage space. Agents seized items that fell primarily into two categories. One, boxes or folders containing documents with classification markings, most of which date to the late 70s and relate to foreign trips Mr. Biden took as senator. And two, notebooks containing his handwritten notes from his time as vice president relating to foreign policy and national security. Two of these notebooks had marked classified documents stored inside them, and several notebooks contained handwritten information that was itself classified. In Mr. Biden's garage, agents found several documents with classification markings dating from Mr. Biden's time in the Senate in the 1970s and 1980s. Some of those documents relate to foreign trips Mr. Biden took as a senator some of which he chronicled in his 2007 memoir, Promises to Keep. Agents found those Senate-era documents in a storage closet in Mr. Biden's garage. In Mr. Biden's main floor office, basement den, and second floor office, agents found and seized 17 notebooks and a stack of note cards. <laughs> of course it's 17. Of course. It's always 17. <laughs> All of which contained Mr. Biden's handwritten notes on foreign policy and national security matters <laughs> as vice president. Two of the notebooks found in the main floor office had documents with classification markings stored inside them. 
Elsewhere in the house, agents found one document with classification markings in the third level den. And in an office attached to the primary bedroom, on the second level, agents found a binder, similar to a binder previously found in the garage, which contained most of the same classified, marked classified documents as the binder found in the garage. Next part. FBI agents found more marked classified documents from the Senate era at the University of Delaware. Between January and June 2023, FBI agents searched over 300 boxes containing Mr. Biden's Senate papers, which were stored in two locations at the University of Delaware. Within those boxes, agents found documents with potential classification markings. What is a potential classification marking? Agents found documents with potential classification marking. How can it be a potential classification marking? Maybe they don't recognize it because it's that old. Like it has some stamp on it and they don't recognize whether that means classified or not. I don't know. Dating from 1997 to 1991. During Mr. Biden's service in the Senate. Okay, next part, summary of investigative activities. Chatriot says, like being a little pregnant. <laughs> Good morning, Chatriot. And E.H. Kyle and Spins, Emerson Biggins, Mermaid. Good to see you. Foxy Dean, South California Sun. Good morning, guys. E.H. Kyle, good morning. Glad y'all are here to listen to me read John Otter. Also, I see you there. Glenny, Kelly. Thank you for being here listening to me read this report. Summary of investigative activity. It is like a story. I am liking how Robert K. Herr does this. I also like how Durham does this stuff, but this is like a story. Uh, this is good. Buster Lou, DJ Wiles, Jester, Stretchler, VSS. Good morning to all of you too. <laughs> the FBI and the special counsels, you know, Stretchler, he may be able to, I mean, dog's ears are different. He may be able to hear my dog's barking. And that might be why he's barking. Surely he's not barking just at me. The FBI and the special counsel's office undertook an extensive investigation into Mr. Biden's handling of classified information and the classified documents the FBI seized. We applied our best efforts to conduct the investigation thoroughly and expeditiously. Expeditiously. Investigators conducted 173 interviews of 147 witnesses, including Mr. Biden himself. All told, the investigation collected over 7 million documents, including emails, text messages, photographs, videos, toll records, and other materials from both classified and unclassified sources. 
We also coordinated with the government agencies that had equities in the classified and potentially classified documents the FBI seized from locations associated with Mr. Biden. The agencies conducted classification review of seized documents to recommend the appropriate classification level, compartmentation, and dissemination controls for each document. Investigators met with subject matter experts in the intelligence community to determine whether the documents contained information that a jury could conclude was national defense information under the Espionage Act. Mr. Biden's notebooks, which contained, among other things, his handwritten notes taken during classified meetings as vice president, presented a challenge. None of the pages contained classification markings, but investigators assessed some of the content was potentially classified. Classification review by intelligence agencies of unmarked information is more challenging and time-consuming than for marked documents. We therefore reviewed all of Mr. Biden's handwritten notes and selected 37 excerpts totaling 109 notebook pages to submit for classification review. Investigators selected entries they believed were most likely highly classified and that a jury of lay people would find was national defense information under the Espionage Act. Whoa. Guys, that's what Trump is charged under, is national defense information under the Espionage Act. For both marked classified documents and marked documents, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence reviewed each document, and provided a list of the agencies with potential equities in each document. The FBI requested classification review from each identified agency accordingly. For documents where multiple agencies had equities, the special counsel's office used the highest level of classification identified by an agency as the current classification of the document. Results of the classification review are summarized in Appendix A which provides an unclassified summary of the recovered documents submitted for classification review. Classification review conducted in the context of a criminal investigation has limitations. Agencies with equities in the information in the seized documents have applied their best efforts to determine the current classification of the material we submitted to them. In so doing, some have indicated that classification determinations are subject to change. Real-world events and changed circumstances can affect the harm to national security that would result from the unauthorized disclosure of the information. Changed circumstances and events could therefore result in future modifications to classification determinations, which I think is exactly what happened with Trump. Some agencies have also noted that, in the typical context of a classification review, such as pursuant to a Freedom of Information Act request, they consult with one another before making a class, final classification determination. That is, to ensure an agency does not, for example, release information another agency considers classified. In this investigation, however, the Special Counsel's Office and the FBI have asked agencies to determine only the classification of information belonging to them without consulting other agencies to determine the overall classification of a document. Consistent with how the Department of Justice has handled issues in similar investigations, 
The special counsel's office enlisted the help of the Office of the Director of National Intelligence to determine which information should be submitted to which agency. Classification determinations provided to the special counsel's office, therefore, are not final determinations of the agencies, in the sense that each agency cannot unequivocally state the classification level of a document without having undertaken that interagency coordination themselves. Instead, agencies have provided classification determinations specific to the information they originated or own, and nothing more. Finally, the National Security Council is an equity holder in a large volume of the classified or potentially classified information recovered in this investigation. The National Security Council, however, works in direct support of Mr. Biden in his current position as president. To avoid a conflict of interest in having Mr. Biden's own National Security Council determine the classification level of documents recovered in this investigation, the White House asked the Department of State to stand in for the National Security Council in conducting classification review of White House or National Security Council information. Hmm. The State Department did so by applying the National Security Council's classification guide to the documents with such information rather than by following its internal State Department classification review process. The State Department, however, is not the National Security Council. And the classification authorities at the State Department do not have the legal authority to classify information belonging to the National Security Council. Results received from the State Department as a stand-in for the National Security Council, therefore, are the government's current best estimate of classification under the circumstances. The National Security Council could reach different conclusions. Folks, Robert K. Herr has left the door open for these materials to be reviewed again and the classification levels adjusted. He's basically telling you right here, look, we're in a weird situation where the subject who is the subject of my investigation, who is could potentially face criminal charges here under the Espionage Act, is also the person who is president. And the equity holders who would determine for my my office what the classification level of the documents at issue is. That National Security Council works for the, def the potential defendant here. So we have a conflict of interest, a big one. And so I couldn't... Robert K. Hur is telling us that a proper conflict-free assessment of the materials at issue in the investigation could not be done. And that when a conflict-free assessment can be done, that equity holder, that authority, could reach a different conclusion about the classification of these documents than my special counsel's office received while we were doing this investigation. 
And the National Security Council is an equity holder in a large volume of the classified or potentially classified information recovered in this investigation. Okay, so like I read this and I'm thinking this is not over. Like anybody thinking that, oh, Biden got the special counsel's report cleared, Biden didn't bring charges, he gets away with it. I'm, I'm not so sure. Robert K. Hur is saying this is as far as I can take it. But this investigation could have been better if circumstances were different, or this investigation might've turned out differently if circumstances were different as regards the classification uh, assessment. Interest. That's very interesting. Also, that means that the white house, okay. He said the, he said the white house made, the decision, right? To avoid a conflict of interest in having Mr. Biden's own National Security Council determine the classification level of documents recovered in this investigation, the White House asked the Department of State to, quote, stand in for the National Security Council in conducting the classification review of White House or national security information. Guys, Sullivan runs the Department of State. So Jake Sullivan, a swamp creature, ended up determining, or is the person in charge of the agency that did the classification review. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay, moving on. Let's just put a pin in that. Remember that. All right. Handling of classified information in the office of the vice president. As vice president, Mr. Biden received and stored classified materials at the White House his official residence at the Naval Observatory, his private home in Delaware, and very briefly, his rental home in Virginia. He relied on staff to help deliver, store, and retrieve these classified materials. The task of tracking and retrieving these documents was challenging given the relatively small size of Mr. Biden's staff and the volume of classified material Mr. Biden received through various channels on a nearly near daily and often urgent basis. While many members of Biden's staff sought to ensure that classified information was handled and stored properly, the Office of Vice President as a whole was unable to account for all classified material Mr. Biden received and retained. Uh-oh. Mr. Biden was known to remove and keep classified material from his briefing books for future use, and his staff struggled and sometimes failed to retrieve these materials. 
and there was no procedure at all for tracking some of the classified material Mr. Biden received outside his briefing books. Mr. Biden also kept some material on his person or in his briefcase that he carried between the West Wing and his residences. Staff did not go through the briefcase to retrieve or archive material from it. Wait a minute. Jake Sullivan is State Department, right? No, Blinken is State Department. Blinny, yeah. Blinken is State Department. Jake Sullivan is the National Security Advisor. That's even worse. Blinken's at State Department. Yeah, that's right. All right. Mr. Biden also kept some material in his person. This is really weird right here. It sounds like the special counsel is saying we actually didn't get all of the potentially classified material that might be out there. These gaps in tracking and retrieval of Mr. Biden's classified materials made it more difficult to determine when, how, and why many of the classified documents later found in Mr. Biden's home and think tank ended up where they did not belong. Structure of the Office of the Vice President Numerous witnesses told us that Mr. Biden relied on his staff to help transport, store, or return classified materials he received as vice president and to ensure that those materials were handled properly. As summarized below, several groups of staff were involved with the handling of classified material. National Security Affairs Staff The Office of the Vice President had its own National Security Affairs staff that supported the Vice President, his National Security Advisor, and his Deputy National Security Advisor. This office was distinct from President Obama's much larger National Security Council staff which had its own systems for tracking and logging classified material that went to the president. The National Security Affairs staff consisted of one, the National Security Advisor and staff, and two, the Executive Security Secretary team. The National Security Advisor staff included a mix of political staff and detailees from agencies, such as the State Department. They provided substantive advice to the Vice President on matters of foreign policy and national security. While the National Security Advisors often attended meetings and briefings with Mr. Biden, where classified documents were discussed, these advisors did not view themselves as responsible for retrieving any classified materials from Mr. Biden or ensuring that he stored them properly. The Executive Secretary team had an administrative role. It compiled, provided, tracked, and retrieved classified material for Mr. Biden. It was a small group, composed mostly of detailees from agencies, who provided administrative support and assisted in compiling classified briefing books for Mr. Biden. The executive secretary, an experienced career military officer, worked closely with the director of programs, who continued through the transition from the Bush administration and served through the entirety of the Obama administration. The executive secretary team had little direct access to Mr. Biden and relied on others to deliver and retrieve classified briefing books. 
These others included military aides, naval enlisted aides, personal aides, and front office assistants. Right? Military aides. Military aides were service members on detail from the Department of Defense. Their primary role was to ensure continuity of operations should something happen to the president. They also helped deliver classified material from the National Security Affairs staff to Mr. Biden when he was not at the White House and brought classified material back when Mr. Biden was finished with it. This, is, this included printing classified materials and compiling classified binders for Mr. Biden when he was traveling. Military aides were not responsible for ensuring that all materials delivered to the vice president were retrieved properly disposed of or otherwise tracking classified documents. But they insisted with the handling of classified documents because of their high-level security clearances, proximity to the vice president, and access to proper storage containers for classified materials such as lockable bags. Naval Enlisted Aides Naval Enlisted Aides supported Mr. Biden at the Naval Observatory and at his personal home in Delaware, as well as on all foreign and domestic travel. Their primary duties included cooking, cleaning, and laundry for the Vice President. Like military aides, they served as go-betweens for the delivery of retrieval of classified information due to their security clearances and proximity to the Vice President. They were the only staff members who regularly accessed Mr. Biden's private spaces on the second floor of the Naval Observatory residence and at the Delaware residence. At times, they delivered classified material to him on the second floor of the Naval Observatory. And when Mr. Biden left classified material out and unattended in those private spaces, they retrieved and secured it. Mr. Biden regularly received and reviewed classified material in the Naval Observatory and his Delaware home and left that material out where the naval enlisted aides collected it when he was finished with it. During his vice presidency, naval enlisted aides occasionally found classified material in various locations on the second floor of the Naval Observatory and in Delaware. They either sent those materials back to the White House directly or through the military aides, who brought them to the executive secretary team for proper disposal. Personal aides or body men. Mr. Biden's personal aide or body man, who was always physically present with him at the White House and when traveling, except to Delaware, also delivered and retrieved classified documents for him. Personal aides typically had top secret slash sensitive compartmented information clearances and were read into code word compartments involving sensitive compartmented information as needed. They handled the logistics of Mr. Biden's schedule and ensured he had everything he needed. They coordinated with the military aides and National Security Affairs staff to handle the flow of classified material to and from Mr. Biden, but they did not track it. Front office assistants. At the White House, two assistants set in the front of Ms. of front office of Mr. Biden's West Wing office, along with the personal aide and at various times a counselor to the vice president. Staffers believe the West Wing office was a skiff or otherwise approved for the discussion of classified information and treated it as such. Interesting. 
that the assistants did not intentionally keep classified material for Mr. Biden in their front office space and recalled that the only storage area they knew of for classified material in the vice president's West Wing space was the safe in his office closet, which they generally did not access. Assistants retrieved unclassified material from an outbox on Mr. Biden's desk, kept it in a box in their office space, and periodically sent it to the White House Office of Records Management to be archived in compliance with the Presidential Records Act. When Mr. Biden left classified material in his outbox or handed it to an assistant, the assistant typically called his national security affairs team to retrieve it or returned it to the situation room. Counsel to the Vice President The various staff members within the office of Vice President responsible for delivering, storing, retrieving, and tracking classified documents relied on guidance from the counsel to the Vice President. Mr. Biden had his own counsel, separate from the White House counsel's office. The counsel had a top-secret, sensitive compartment information clearance. In the early days of the administration, Cynthia Hogan, Mr. Biden's first counsel, developed policies and procedures for the proper handling and storage of classified materials in the office of the vice president. The White House counsel's office and other White House components also provided guidance on the proper handling of classified material. According to schedules and other documents, Hogan met with a number of White House employees to discuss the handling of classified material, including employees from the National Security Council and the White House Office of Records Management. The Presidential Records Act and Archiving of Records Mr. Biden's staff was also responsible for ensuring that documents were properly archived as required by the Presidential Records Act. The act gives the United States, quote, complete ownership, possession, and control of all presidential records and vice presidential records, which must be retained and sent to the National Archives at the end of the administration. The statute defines presidential records and vice presidential records broadly to include documentary materials created or received in the course of the conducting activities or of conducting activities which relate to or have an effect upon the carrying out of constitutional, statutory, or other official or ceremonial duties of the president or vice president, including memoranda, correspondence, papers, photographs, and electronic records. Mr. Bynes' executive secretary team was responsible for ensuring that classified documents were properly archived according to the Act. The White House Office of Records Management handled the archiving of unclassified documents. During the first week of the administration, a member of the White House Counsel's Office briefed Mr. Biden on the Act's record-keeping requirements. Hogan put in place a procedure to make sure that presidential and vice presidential records were collected and properly archived. She circulated a White House counsel memo on the act's requirements to employees in the office of the vice president. She also met with Mr. Biden's personal aide to discuss the act and its record-keeping requirements, including the need to collect and preserve Mr. Biden's briefing books. Section 3, the handling of classified material in the office of the vice president, part A, classified products. Mr. Biden received classified documents in three primary forms. 
a classified binder prepared by his national security staff, the president's daily brief, and materials delivered to him as needed by his staff. A classified briefing book. Most days, the executive secretary team compiled a classified briefing book for Mr. Biden. It was a binder of materials drafted or selected by Mr. Biden's advisors to prepare him for the day and upcoming trips. The executive secretary team assembled the book and ensured its delivery to Mr. Biden in coordination with other staff as described above. The executive secretary team also tracked the book's return. Once returned, the books were stored in a safe in the executive secretary team's office. Periodically, the team sent the books to the White House Office of Records Management to be archived. The President's Daily Brief The Office of the Director of National Intelligence compiled a collection of intelligence community products known as the President's Daily Brief. Mr. Biden was assigned his own briefer, who also briefed his National Security Advisor, Deputy National Security Advisor, and his Chief of Staff. The Director of National Intelligence required inclusion of a core group of articles, while the briefer supplemented articles tailored to Mr. Biden's interest and request. Early in his vice presidency, Mr. Biden declined to receive oral briefings from his own briefer and instead joined President Obama for his briefing in the Oval Office. Throughout his tenure, Mr. Biden received a written brief, first on paper in a binder and beginning in 2014 on a portable electronic device. Mr. Biden's briefer generally retrieved the copy of the brief delivered to Mr. Biden. Mr. Biden's executive, exec executive secretary team stored the briefs in their safe until the briefer retrieved them. As needed materials. Mr. Biden also received classified documents on an as-needed basis, and delivered to him by staff or printed to his West Wing office on a secure printer. The Naval Observatory also had a classified printer the military aides used to print and deliver such materials to Mr. Biden there. The executive secretary team lacked a formal system for tracking classified documents. Delivered to Mr. Biden on an as-needed basis, and no one else in the office of the vice president appears to have tracked them either. Several of the marked classified documents recovered by the FBI in this investigation appear to have been given to Mr. Biden outside the briefing books. Let me check these footnotes here for a moment. These are all having to do with uh, presidential daily beef, beef, <laughs> presidential daily brief. Uh, okay. So far, the footnotes in this haven't been that interesting. It's just like pointing to the receipt for whatever it is that was in that sentence. Um, not really. Not really containing like super extra information that's highly interesting, which is sometimes the case in filings. Uh, that we come across. That was the case in a lot of Durham filings. Okay, efforts to retrieve and track classified material. In the early days of Mr. Biden's vice presidency, his counsel Hogan 
instructed Mr. Biden's personal aide that all classified material provided to Mr. Biden should be returned to the executive secretary team. Although there was a safe in Mr. Biden's office, Hogan told Mr. Biden's personal aide that, quote, we don't want to store any classified material in the West Wing office, so just look to hand this stuff off as soon as it comes to you. The executive secretary team sought to retrieve Mr. Biden's classified briefing books every day, but could not always do so. At times, he kept one or more classified briefing books for his own reference or because he was not done with the material. Again, looking at these footnotes. It does note here that one of the documents recovered from the Penn Biden Center was a memorandum, and it corresponds to an email that indicates it was printed at the West Wing printer after the regular classified briefing book, which also contained a copy of the document was returned. So they return, he returned the copy with the brief book, but he made a copy for himself, and then it ended up at the Pinbine Center. That's not too, that's basically the same thing with uh, Trump, where Trump has coffees, copies of supposedly classified stuff, such as the Crossfire Hurricane Binder, which he declassified. All right. In 2010, the executive secretary team raised concerns about the number of classified briefing books that Mr. Biden had not returned, and the fact that even when they were returned, some of the content was missing. These concerns were raised with Mr. Hogan, as well as Mr. Biden's personal aid and military aides. Emails indicate that the executive secretary, uh, that team, alerted Hogan to the issue at least in June 2010, when nearly 30 of the classified briefing books from the first six months of 2010 were outstanding. And in August 2010, when Mr. Biden failed to return top secret sensitive compartment information, also referred to as a code word, contents of classified briefing book that he had received during a trip to the Hamptons in New York. We were unable to determine whether these materials were ever recovered, although they were likely found and disposed of by military aides or naval enlisted aides. Whoa. Whoa. That's actually not true, Kit Caddy, that only a president can declassify. That's not true. The original classification authority can declassify. The president can declassify anything he wants. That's a unique power he has. But the original classifying authority can declassify. Which is, which is important here. Because um, the, if the vice president is the original classifier of the information... They can declassify it at their will, or if DOD classified it, or NSA classified it, whichever when they when it did it, they can declassify it. But the president has the authority to declassify anything. That's his. That's one of his unique powers. Also, good morning to you, Kit Caddy. I didn't say good morning to you earlier. I don't think. Um, Snowcat Operator, thank you for being a monthly supporter. I forget that you can guys can do that. If you're interested and want to uh, support the show, that's a great way to do it. Hmm. 
So her says that most likely this, these materials were recovered and disposed of by the military aides or naval enlisted aides, but they couldn't find a record of them being recovered. Interesting. The return of classified briefing books without all of their contents frustrated the executive secretary team. In response, Hogan implemented additional security procedures described below. But even after those measures were implemented, the executive secretary team, I keep on wanting to say security, the executive secretary team continued to struggle to retrieve classified briefing books from Mr. Biden. We were able to trace one of the classified marked classified documents recovered by the FBI to a briefing book, a 2015 memorandum recovered from the Penn Biden Center. But we were not able to determine whether other recovered documents came from briefing books or were handed or sent to Mr. Biden on an as-needed basis. Let me see. Uh, I'm on page 46. I want to see how much more. Okay. I'm thinking about a stopping point here soon. So we're going to keep going a little bit further. And right here. Okay, part C, August 2010 briefing of Mr. Biden on the handling of classified material. Days after the top secret code word book went missing in 2010, Hogan met with Mr. Biden to discuss the class, the handling of classified material before the meeting. She prepared a briefing memo for him. The memo, which was addressed to Mr. Biden and dated August 17th, 2010 outlined quote, our procedures for handling your classified briefing material that must be maintained at all times, including the following one classified information of any kind may only be reviewed or discussed in secured locations and never in a public place such as on a train Two, the classified briefing books must remain in your custody or that of your cleared staff at all times, unless they are in your safe classified material must be returned to your national security staff. As soon as you are finished with them, three classified materials may never be left unattended, but must be secured in the, in an appropriate safe or transferred to an individual authorized and transport them in an appropriate locked bag. Whenever they are not in your personal custody Four. Whenever possible, classified materials should remain at the White House complex. If you need to receive classified materials while at your residence at NAVOBS, that's the Naval Observatory, or in Delaware, the naval the military aides will bring the material to you and then wait to take the material back when you are finished so that it can be stored safely. When interviewed, Hogan did not recall the August 2010 meeting with Mr. Biden. She did, however, identify her handwritten talking points on best practices. Even though she did not remember their content, she identified her handwritten, her, hand, her handwriting, and said she likely created them in advance of her meeting with Mr. Biden. According to her talking points, she briefed Mr. Biden on such best practices as making sure that, quote, classified info stays in the White House complex whenever possible and is returned to national security staff at the end of the day. 
She also counseled Mr. Biden that any classified material taken from the White House must be transported by military aides in locked bags and that military aides must retrieve the classified material when Mr. Biden was done with it. After the briefing, Mr. Biden sent Hogan an email through one of his front offices, uh, front office assistants, thanking her for the security briefing. Despite the Hogan memo's language that the office of the vice president must follow certain procedures for handling classified information, Hogan received the uh, Hogan conceived of the memo as describing best practices rather than legal requirements. That view is consistent with the executive order governing handling and storage of classified information, which as explained in chapter one, does not apply to a sitting vice president. As outlined below, Mr. Biden and his staff did not follow Hogan's guidance to the letter. D, the handling of classified material in Mr. Biden's personal spaces after August 2010. As part of his duties as vice president, Mr. Biden accessed and stored classified material in the Naval Observatory and at his Delaware home, outside of containers normally authorized for such information. His staff, following Hogan's advice, tried to ensure that classified material was handled securely. Okay, I think we're going to choose this right here to stop for today. Because the next section is opening up a, a new subject matter in a way. It's uh, the handling of it. So it goes to right here, tracking of classified briefing books. So that will be where we stop for today. And let me do some housekeeping a bit. So I have, this is going to be where we're at. We're going to, for the next several shows, we're going to read this entire report and if we come across, man, my nose is so itchy today. If we come across, um, or if something happens in one of the cases we're following, such as, um, such as the docs case, such as, um, the F the Seth Rich FOIA case, which there are, there is some news in the Seth Rich FOIA case. Uh, the FBI made a new filing where they admitted something. They admitted that, um, the personal laptop and the work laptop are connected to Seth Rich's murder, which they are using that as a reason to keep to to block revealing information on on that are on those laptops. And a lot of people are blackpilling over that, saying, "Oh, they're just using that to cover up. They don't want to release all this information." But that's also a big boom, because. How the hell could the work laptop and the personal laptop in any way be connected to a botched robbery? Like, that's an admission that it wasn't a botched ro robbery. Tell me that it's not a botched robbery without telling me it's not a botched robbery. Robbery. Well, <laughs> you could do that by saying that his laptops are connected to the murder. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, so yeah, that's our plan here with the just human show is to keep going through Robert K. Hur's report, uh, for the next several episodes. Now the housekeeping I need to make you guys aware of is that I'm going out of town this Sunday with my wife to, um, to, uh, New York. 
she has a she has a business trip she's going on, and uh, we're going to be in New York until Thursday. So I'm taking my equipment with me, and I'm planning to do the show. Um, I'm planning to do the show on Monday and Wednesday as I normally do, but there's a chance I won't be able to. So I am going to take my equipment with me though. I'm just giving you guys the heads up that I may, I don't know. I haven't been to the hotel yet, so I don't know what it's going to be like. Um, so if I can't do the show live, I might do, um, I might record me reading this and then do uploads instead. Just FYI that that could be a thing. So, um, yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. So I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying hers report. Uh, this is interesting storytelling. It started off really, really good. I really like the beginning of it. Um, it's getting a little bit dry here in this last part where we're going through some of the nitty gritty of tracking stuff, but, uh, that's okay. There were dull, there's, there's bound to be dull parts of it. Um, but this is all very interesting. And you, um, this will be, this is good stuff for us going into 2024 election. This is so bad for Biden and going to these source materials where one, we're equipping ourselves with information we can use and arguing with liberal liberals for what it's worth to argue with liberals. And then we're also, we're get, we're informing ourselves of the differences between Biden's classified documents scandal and Trump's and everything about this is exonerating Trump. So, you know, I hope you guys, you know, after, if you've watched my show for a long time, then you've learned to understand before you react. And that lesson, that, that, that disposition of understanding something before you react to it is very useful in regards to this. Because as if you were watching the beginning of the show, you've, you've learned as we went over, it would be very bad for president Trump. If Biden was indicted for his handling of these documents, Jack Smith, Jack Smith, honestly would be celebrating if president Biden had been indicted or if an indictment had been recommended by Robert Hur for Biden. But because it's not, Jack Smith, his doc case against Trump is, has never been on shakier ground. It is so, so, so good for President Trump that Biden was not indicted. And that's going to be the, un, that's the, that's the counterintuitive take on this that most black pillars and cynics are not going to understand. They are not going to get that. But you guys do. Because we're going to the source material and we're thinking about it critically. So. All right. Y'all have a blessed day. I got some stuff to do and uh, y'all have uh stay positive. We're not going to win every battle. We're going to win this war. See ya.